you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. I hope all's well wherever you are. Here in Studio 66, ooh, la and la are the three words that come to mind for me. An auspicious day to sit down with the fellow seated to my immediate left here because he is the newest member of the Ring of Honor for one of your favorite pro football teams out there. We'll say hello to him in a minute. In just a second, I want to tell you, though, Handsome Hank coming up. We have many important uh, things to cover. Go back and listen to last week's shows. We sat down with the uh, Tomahawk boys, Joe Thomas and uh, Andrew Hawkins, for some important stuff. Uh, what else did we do, Spaghetti? Oh, Tory Smith visited us, the Super Bowl champion times two, a.k.a. the Patriots killer. That's what I realized. Where, where he goes, where Tory Smith goes, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady tend to lose. Anywho, lots to kibitz about here, so uh, make sure you download, subscribe, all that jazz. And now, let's say hello to him. Number 87 in the blue and white. In the building. And also, he wore a little orange and green back in the day. Yeah. It's Reggie Wayne. What's the poop fella muzzle tub to you? Hey, man, I appreciate you having me. Yeah. I'm glad I'm finally here. Did you have any – I know. It's a, as a matter of fact, that's true. His first ever appearance after a year and a half. I would say, Reggie Wayne – our uh, our relationship has been a slow burn. Is that a fair way to say? Like, you didn't see Damashek and be like, I got to figure out what that guy's about and get with him. Well, I just knew every time I see you, I hear a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers. So what? And I just want to kind of forget about the 2005 season. Oh, we'll get to that. I, I'm sure we are. Don't think you're getting I, out of here without kibitzing about that a little bit. I'm kind of glad you didn't ask me to come on, Dave. But now I'm here. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about what – let's uh, since uh, I'm sure Colts fans are excited. Well, again, I say muzzle tub to you. Ring of honor. How many Yo. guys? are in that thing I say 15 it's not I, I saw the number and thought is that that's it for the Colts that's it 15 I'm I'm blessed to be in there man it's the elite of the elite in Colts history in a way that's cooler I think than having your number retired right because it seems like as time goes by they're starting to take some of those numbers down yeah. and give them to new people yeah it's, it's better when you see the name up there in the ring of honor it's, it's a, yeah it's a better look because numbers you know uh it's cool but the name, it, it, it sticks a little better. No, that's right. For all anybody who goes to that stadium for all the time, there will be your name. I love that. They say I would, I'm finally cemented into Indianapolis, state of Indiana. I'm in there. No taking me. Are they doing something like, do you have any word? if They uh, they should move the names around so that you and Marvin Harrison are on either side 18, uh, right, or no? I mean, it would be nice, but I think it's already in place. And nothing I can do. I think All right. I think Jeff Saturday is on, on the left side of Peyton Manning. Oh, I get like, it. That's just the way it nah. is. Maybe they should have put, like, Peyton on top of Saturday or something like that. Uh, you know, whatever. Anyhow, however know. it goes. You never know. You never know what they got planned. I'll, I'll put in a call or two. There we'll see go. if we can figure it out. All right, Colts fans are interested to hear what Reggie Wayne thinks about Colts-related things. What do you think about Frank Reich? I love it. Do you? I love everything about it. Frank was my receiver coach uh, one year of my career in 2011. 
The guy, he he's big on details. He is big on details. I repeat that, and that's what that's what they need. They need some guy that's gonna gonna make you tune in and stick to the techniques and fundamentals and make and make you work over it over and over again. So I know one thing about Coach Frank: you can't get bored. You cannot get bored because he's that type of coach that's gonna make you go over it repetitive, just mm-hmm. over and over again until you until you maximize that that particular situation. So I love everything about it. I'm excited for it. I think he's ready. He knows what coach is all about. And plus he's played the game. He understands it. So he'll be able to help a healthy Andrew Luck out during that process. Well, that's a, was my next question. Do you have any insight on that? What about Andrew Luck? Is he actually got – everybody keeps having opinions about what's going on. We None of us are doctors. What do you no, know? We, what, we, we don't know what's going so on. So you don't know anything. I do not. I don't think I, I'm just like you guys. Uh, I, I've heard he's in Germany. He's he's rehabbing, and he's close to throwing. So we're going to trust his word, and that's coming out of his mouth. So I, I, I'm assuming that he's pretty accurate with that, and he's going to keep it 100, as we say, with us. And uh, – Hopefully he gets back healthy and get them boys back to the promised land. Are you the uh, Are you the greatest eighty seven in NFL history? I wrote down a couple of names. I think you're in the top. You know what? Fortunately, eighty seven is too high a number, so it doesn't really impact NBA or baseball. <laughs> so you're in the clear there. I appreciate it. The only numbers you only play football and even just a just a smidge of hockey. Sidney Crosby. Well, and he is he is one of the guys. He's the best. He is the best. I take that. So he's take that. he's our win. Yes. Then it's so. then Rob Gronkowski or Reggie Wayne because otherwise we have Dwight Clark who had the catch with yep. Joe Montana. We have Travis Kelsey. He's not a at this point. Jordy Nelson doesn't compare yeah. to you. I mean, uh, didn't didn't Irvin Fryer wear eighty seven back in the he day? Did you're so, right, eighty seven. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, depending, he played a long time. So. Trying to think of what he wore with the Huskers. Man, that was some team. That was that predates <laughs> you. Actually, you and I have talked about this a little bit. I'm fascinated by, you know, just as everybody loves to talk about, well, me in particular, but the <laughs> Roethlisberger, Bell, uh, Antonio Brown, the best yes. set of triplets since, uh, since you know, the big three in Dallas there with Aikman, Mike Irv, and, uh, and Emmett. I mean, that depend- I mean, of course that's going to come from you because you're – Oh, you're going to try guy. to make an argument. Are you going to oh, put yeah. yourself into that? Uh- I'm not even going to put myself in it. I'm going to take myself out. You're going to go 18? I'm going to go 18. Marv? Marv and Edron James. Oh, come on. Come on. That's good. That's good. I mean, is it good or is it great, Dave? I don't know. Let me that spaghetti way in here. Be but be the voice of reason. Is that is that too much? Am I overstating it to say Come Antonio Brown and Lev Bell? Lev Bell's the best receiver since Jerry Rice, right? Lev Bell. I mean, I'm sorry, Antonio. Brown. <laughs> I mean, look at you trying to put him in a receiver category. Here. <laughs> well, he's trying to put himself in the receiver <laughs> right, category yes, too, so he right, gets the right. twenty million. <laughs> you know what? I listen that 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 trio you named with Pittsburgh. It's outstanding. But you're right about Edge, but and it's weird. Why is underrated? And and they got to get him in the hall soon because then when other running back names start coming up, like Adrian Peterson's coming up. Oh yeah, and then eventually point. Frank Gore's going to. Then Gore's going to yeah, be in uh, that yeah. mix so too. We got to get him in there. So I, I felt like it was either going to be this year or maybe next year. Mm-hmm. He was a finalist this year. He didn't make it, and I think next year is going to be. A- it is strange. Why it is? Uh, I guess because that those Colts teams are so defined by Peyton and you and Marv Harris that it maybe obscures the fact that you had this dynamite, really one of the best of the generation running back. Well, well one, thing, one thing about it is it, it, it gets kind of watered down a little bit because the year he left and went to Arizona was the year we won the Super Bowl. That's right. You know, and then so Dominic Rhodes yeah, takes it, over it and Joe died. Yeah, so it, kind of, it gets watered down. Uh, uh, of his his career there in Indianapolis, but if you look at his numbers, you're so right about that, especially right? his first two years there. I mean, he was, he did something as a rookie that nobody has ever had ever did. Mm-hmm. And his next year, he also led the league in rushing. So his first two years in the league, a guy out of Immokalee, Florida, a little small little town. Immokalee, yeah, sounds like something that yeah. came up in my bar mitzvah. <laughs> Immokalee, what was I? Well, a, we, a we served at a University of Miami guy. I mean, he he came and he did it. Answer me this then, Reggie Wayne, because we've had this debate about triplets before. What's the used best triplets of all time? I say, to refer back to the banks of the Three Rivers, I I don't think you're going to be able to beat what Pitt has going all time. They go Marino, they go Tony Dorsett, and they go Larry Fitzgerald. I defy you and your canes oh, to, to knock that one off. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. I mean, because I can go ah, – I can go – I can go Jim Kelly – He's got to be your one. Who was yeah. your QB? 
I had four different QBs. Name them. I, I had uh, Ryan Clement. I had Scott Covington. I had Kenny Kelly, and I had a young <laughs> Ken, Do- uh, Ken Dorsey. Yeah, Ken Dorsey. I was going to say, yeah. man, this QB you and those are the guys you got. Didn't you feel cheated? Uh, no, not at they all. They were all right. Listen, I'm not. Listen, I'm not. There, there, you know what? Because one little thing, bit. One here. thing about the University of Miami, you're going to have so many athletes around you. I know, but they have the, so many dogs, Dave, around you. You don't need much. Just you just could have had Bernie. Just don't and, throw the ball. Just don't throw away the game. Just even even you could have had Craig Erickson. You could have had uh, Toretta. He got a Heisman uh, for all that talent around him. I mean, at, the, at that time, we didn't need much. Ken Dorsey came in there, and guess what? He was all right. He only went thirty-five and one. I know. So you were gone by the time the Canes fully returned to, to prominence and go. I helped build the start foundation. dominating. I helped build the foundation. My last year, we lost. We lost one game. All right. So you're. So let, uh, let's finish it up here then. Okay. Pitt. Pitt, who goes seven and six perennially, has the best <laughs> set of triplets of the uh, uh, that that we can name here. So you go, Jim Kelly. You're going to go Edge or Gore. Yeah, I pick either one of those guys. All right. I, neither I, one's as good as Dorset. I mean, well, that's it. That's what I. That's the bottom line. I just gave it to you. That's the straight poop. I mean, if you're just gonna give it to me, well, I I don't have to give it. That's fact. (laughs) Tony Dorsett was was, you retired like the second or third best runner in history. Well, okay, and then Mike Irv or Reggie Wayne. I mean, I'm 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 the. I'm the University of Miami's uh, all-time leading receiver, so I'm gonna put myself there. I'm gonna put myself there, spaghetti. I love it. I love that. Well, Just, give you, me a little love. I took myself out of the triplets early. I'm putting myself in. You're right. One. And there's Sully behind the glass, too. Oh, he's, a, he's a Tennessee guy. That's all right. We tried to put his together. It's, but the, wrong, then, it's the wrong orange, but it's okay. Well, we. you know what, though? You go Peyton. Right. Yeah, it is the wrong. It's the, yeah, it is terrible. <laughs> you could go Peyton one. Who's their running back? Jamal Lewis is their best? And actually, Camara's now Camara's on the rise. Yeah, yeah. But it's weird because they used to churn out wide receivers, but you don't actually have a good one. I guess you could go Jason Witten, right? If we uh, allow a tight I mean, end. I mean, some people like Peerless Price. What he did, it's uh, all right. Uh, yeah, give me give me Marcus Jason Nash. Witten. Give me Jason Jet Witten. Witten. But Peerless I mean, you, you, was good for I mean, a little bit. Then you don't want to talk about tight ends when you talk about college. I mean, we can. We got a whole plethora of them. Oh, that's true. That we could true. knock if off Mike open, Irv or Reggie Wayne and go Greg Olson. Yeah, man, you, can, you can go, go Jimmy, uh, Graham. Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. Yep. You can go uh, uh, Kellen Winslow. I but mean, you're not going to. We're I mean, not going to go Kellen Winslow Jr. I mean, no. 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 Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, but he was a dog in college. He was. He uh, was very good. No, I heard he was a warrior in college. Right? Yeah. Were, were you there ten- with him? So, oh, no, no, no. That, that was in 2003 against yep. Tennessee. Against Tennessee. Yep. Yeah. As a matter of fact, came down in the Orange Bowl and beat the Hurricanes. All right. It's ended enough. their, like, 30-game win streak or something. Enough so. of the balls, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's what America just said about uh, 15 seconds ago. You know, I got a funny story about Tennessee. We might not have time, but I got a You got – listen, we got nothing but time. Well, let me tell you something. Tennessee, I was actually uh, recruited by the University mm-hmm. of Tennessee uh, – Coach Foreman was the head coach. I was scheduled to take a, a trip there. Tell me this. I like to hear about this. What's it like when the, when the coach – so the head coach is on the way or who's on the way to well, visit? The, actually, uh, I the, it was Coach Washington, a receiver coach. Uh, I want to say his first name was Pat Washington, I want to say. Uh, he was on his way to see me. He actually came to my house. And, yeah. You know, prior to. Is the family excited? Everybody's excited. Everybody's cool. Everybody's Everybody happy. Everybody put out like some Peyton pepperoni Man- di- Pe- Pe- stuff. Peyton Manning was already there, a New Orleans guy. I'm from New Orleans. And I was like, hey, you know, just never know, right? So uh, I'm scheduled to go during that week, I take a trip there, official visit on Friday, right? Mm-hmm. I get a call on Wednesday saying, hey, we gave your potential scholarship away. We don't have any more. What? No way. Yes way. Outrageous. Hey. That kind of thing happens, huh? Just like that. I thought they uh, over-offered and expected some people would fall no. out along the way. They just no, called just you. call me. You know, they probably would have texted me if Texas, you know, if you can text back. Yeah. But they had to call. Hey, you remember know? that uh, trip you were going to take? Never mind. Yeah. You know, we, we don't have any wow. more scholarships. They actually gave it to, they gave my scholarship away to a track guy. Now that's, right. th- there's, there's uh, you know, rude. And then Parker, there's just. Probably uh, Parker. Yeah. Return guy. He was all right. Park, what are you talking about, Spaghetti? No, Sully. I was I mean, Sully. I was trying to think of the dude that the the year that lining up you, you coming. Oh, in I thought you just named some random track and field guy, which that no, would no. be running a little too deep if yep. you knew if you no, knew no, no, the no. track and field legend. It was, Parker it was, it was, a, was either was him, a kick returner. It was either him or oh, I can't remember. Track. I can't remember this guy's name. He's also from Louisiana. Um, oh my goodness, Leonard Scott. 
Leonard Scott, yeah. It's, pos- it's potentially – but maybe Leonard was a year. L- I, I think know. Leonard was a little uh, bit before yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Before we get to memorable plays, this is something I want to want to do with you. We had great success in doing it with, uh, with our mutual pal Maurice a year ago. Okay. It is the draft day experience, and just as Tom Brady has the Tom Brady 6, the QBs all drafted in front of him, we did the Maurice 5, the five running backs drafted in front of one MJD, who is a high-end <laughs> running back. Now it is time because I stumbled into the 2001 draft and wow. started hashing through it with one Reggie Wayne a couple weeks ago and realized yeah. this might be the most disrespectful list of them uh, all. It was tough. You're a high-end receiver. I remember when you're coming out of the U, and I remember that the U was kind of in that spot of they're no longer the you know coming off the plane to play Joe Puzz, right. Nittany Lions, yep. and the boy America really overreacted in hindsight, right? Oh, yeah, when time. we look back and that yeah. like what big time. Big time. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah, I do well, yes. Yeah. I get, we don't need to have a uh, <laughs> a social political discussion about right. why America right. seemed especially bothered right. by the Canes doing that. Yeah. But anywho, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about two thousand and one and yeah. uh, Reggie Wayne, you're going through you did the combine. Yep. You went to the combine, you performed nicely or did or did you leave some stuff out there that thought, uh oh, that might hold me back? Well you know what? <clears throat> During that time the University of Miami players didn't perform at the combine. Ooh, really? So you broke the mold then? Yeah. We didn't for, – for years, you know, GMs and coaches, they they hated the Miami guys because we never performed at the combine. And what was the thinking behind that? We don't need to. It's all on tape. Well, no, it wasn't that. I mean, it was no sense of doing double duty because in another two weeks or so, we had our pro day. Why do – why does everybody go to the combine? Uh, I really, it seems like a weird thing, and it puts a weird, undue pressure on you. Is that I don't understand, by the way, on pro days or at the combine either way. Why you? What is to be gleaned from that when they're not wearing their pads and helmets? Because I've talked to many players, and they say, "Oh yeah, you throw the ball differently, you catch the ball differently when you have a helmet and the pads on." I think it's blown out of proportion, you know. But it is what it is. I didn't, I didn't do anything. Miami players did not Mm. do anything because we say, you know what. We're going to perform in two weeks. We'll see you then. We're only going to have one time to do it. And we put that much pressure on ourselves to make that one time be the magical moment. You're faster than Eddie Spaghetti, let's say. But but you weren't fast as a wide receiver coming okay. into the NFL, right? What was your 40? Let me guess. It was 4-6. <laughs> That's what everybody thought. Oh, really? Four, yeah. five and change? Four, four, six. Really? Well, that's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, I'm not ashamed at all. But Because a lot of people thought I was going to run a four, six. That was, I mean, that is funny how those things get into your head. I always thought, well, Reggie, throughout the entirety of your career, I would think like, Reggie Wayne, the, if there was a knock on him, he doesn't, he's not as fast as the, as the, as the fastest wide receiver. That's what out. everybody says. That's why my pro day, I just say, hey, I just need to crack full four. I need to run the fastest as I possibly can, and because I knew I can catch, I knew I can run routes, I knew I can do chalkboard stuff, all that stuff, cone drills. That was easy. We did that every day at practice at the UM, at Miami. So my biggest thing, I just needed to run fast, mm. and I, I, I ran. Is that the single most overrated thing in evaluating a receiver coming into the NFL? Is foot speed? Um, uh, nowadays I think that's what you need. You know, oh, you do. I, I do nowadays because that's that's. If you want to get drafted, yeah, but Keenan Allen isn't that, and Antonio Brown isn't that. Antonio Brown doesn't run a straight ahead okay. four three, does but, he? But, but those guys had to work hard to get to be Antonio Brown today. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, they had they had to basically come in through the back door compared to a a, a, a guy who was in the middle of the pack. Let's say a John Ross mm-hmm. who was in the middle of the pack, but then he runs a four two. Yeah, but that's dumb. That's upside down, right? Uh, Isn't it? That's the way it is now. That's what I'm saying. Now I think you have to run fast to get the juice, to get the notoriety that that people get. Back when I was playing uh, in the draft, I felt like you needed more skill set. You needed more – you needed to be able to run better routes. Uh, 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 You needed to have uh, great hands, you know, to to get drafted up. I mean, if you look at the guys that went before me, those guys wouldn't – they wouldn't – Burners, you know, uh, number one pick. I mean, the number of receivers. All right, we're gonna go through it. Yeah, I think though. Yeah, it's it's funny to me that what that these scouts. It's sort of like 
people who are television executives. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they, they when it comes down to the time, like, all right, it's time for you to decide which pilots we're going to green light and put onto our network in prime time this coming season. And they have all these ideas, but when it comes down to it, well, how did it test? How What did it test like with the audience in uh, in Kansas? Yep. Well, that's what will be our, our – well, use your eyes, man. You're the scout. You're the right. one in charge making the decision. Same thing. You watch college. You watch this guy. You watch three years' worth of uh, a film on this guy. Yes. What, he, what he runs in the combine is yeah. going to outweigh that? That's I, nonsense, isn't my, it? My, my thought process, there's not much change going to happen Yeah. outside of speed, possibly, maybe strength for some of the big guys. You know, but as far as receiver, there's not much going to change from your last uh, uh, collegiate football game to the combine. There's not much going to change. You see it, too, and you yeah. can evaluate. I understand yeah. that maybe if a kid's at Wyoming, maybe it's hard to – or if you're Carson Wentz, all right, how's he going to play against high-end competition? We don't know. But if you played in a big five conference, yeah. you have enough film you on gotta, him against gotta, the high-end yeah. matchups. Yeah, for one, you're not going to get tougher. In between, you're not going to gain heart. You know, now you may gain some speed somewhere. Now you got you got better because you may have lost a little weight, or or you went to some kind of speed, you know, specialist that got you a better take uh, start than you normally would, or you may get a little stronger just from you know. But other than that, who your hands not going to grow? Who had a better forty time? You or Marvin Harrison? Marv. Who had better hands? You or Marvin Harrison? Oh, go yeah, ahead. You I, can say yourself if you want to. I mean, I'm gonna pick myself on hands. I, I, I mean, Marv had great hands. He did have really good hands. I, I feel like I got great hands too. So if we both got great hands, I feel like I'm gonna take it. See, you know what that's called? That's called uh, self-respect, hey, Reggie yeah, Wayne. Appreciate that's, that. See, I like that. Who could bench press more? Oh man, I'm, I got that. Who, <laughs> when the check comes at an expensive dinner, who's quicker to reach for the check? Um, I think that that's can go either way. Could go either way. Yeah. Who, who's more likely to grab the expensive check, Peyton or Andrew Luck? <laughs> you know, them quarterbacks, they'd be cheap, man. Is that true? Hey, quarterbacks be the cheap. The guy's worth $150 they, million or they be, cheap? They'd be cheap, man. Really? I'm going to give it to Andrew Luck. Okay. Peyton's, had, Peyton's super cheap. And Andrew Luck had the better – I mean, I think my eyes tell me the truth. Andrew Luck has a stronger arm than Peyton, right? I mean, it's kind of hard. Really, to tell I'm surprised because, by that. I mean, because you don't don't I, Peyton. You got Peyton's last four or five years engraved in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, right now. But when I first got to Indianapolis, Peyton can throw 65 yards. I mean, that's is that true? Yeah, hmm. I didn't know he. It, had... it, it may not be a spiral. He he throws the <laughs> deepest duck I've ever seen. I mean, but it gets there, and it's and it's accurate. Yeah, well, I, want, I, I do want to talk about uh, one of those ducks in particular. But all right. Oh, one more thing about receivers. This is something you and I talked about during the season. I contend that even though, and it's draft-related, if you said to every GM, you can draft 21-year-old Julio Jones, and you know what he's going to turn into, or you could draft 21-year-old Antonio Brown, 32 out of 32 would take Julio Jones. Yeah. Nevertheless, you and I both know Antonio Brown's the better NFL wide receiver. Explain that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Because the other one's a specimen. Julio Jones is undeniable. He's 6'3". He's the fastest guy in the field. He's made out of muscle. He makes crazy catches like uh, when he's turned upside down and so on. I mean, but we're both going on these guys are healthy guys, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's kind of hard to pass up Julio. Now, I know I know what A.B. and you know uh, uh, A.B. is he's special. He is special. But when you, like you said, he's he, – Julio Jones is a specimen. I know. If they were standing right in front of us, yeah. you'd be like, hey, you brought uh, you brought your younger brother with yeah, you or yeah, something? Like, like Antonio be, Brown, I'm bigger like, than. This is how a football right. player is supposed to look. What do you play? You, you, you play defensive end? What yeah, are you? Exactly. Like, yeah, right. Then you look at AB and you're like, oh, maybe he's a returner. You know? <laughs> that's exactly and, right. And, and unfortunately, that's how it goes. That's the way – but you know Antonio Brown's the better player because Julio Jones gets taken out of games. You never see that happen to 84. Yeah, it, you know, true. But is it because A.B. is being forced? Is he being I don't know. forced the ball? Doesn't seem like a bad plan if that's the way it's going. Well, I mean, it works. I mean, he, he catches it. I Matt mean, Ryan should be doing a little bit more of that himself, right? I, I, you have the most I, dangerous weapon on the field. You I, should be forcing it to that guy. I agree. If you want to win – that means Julio Jones, his target is up there. 
How tough is it to be in that position? And again, to refer it back to Pittsburgh, you know, Antonio Brown is the best in or among the very best, obviously, of the century. So what's it like, Martavis Bryant? Do you relate to that or do you when he complains or who knows, Juju, uh, big breakout rookie season? Who knows? Maybe as soon as his sophomore year, he sh- he'll be saying to Tomlin and company, hey, shouldn't I be getting more targets? Do you do that or is that or does that hit your ear as a guy who I think, with all due respect, I think people would say like, oh, that Peyton and Marvin thing. And like, oh, yeah, don't forget Reggie Wayne. People always do. That's the way that conversation goes that, a lot that, of the time. Well, that, and and that's, that, that's how it goes. And, and it's always been that way. And, I, and I'm okay with that. And I can relate to Martavis Bryant. I can relate to Juju. So you get that. You don't I think, totally hey, Martavis, keep but, it but, down and but, play but, ball. But, but I always looked at it this way. My job was to help get double coverage off of Marvin. And I feel like when I was successful at doing that, then it was going to be my time. And eventually, Marvin, he's going to he's going to get a little older, and that's when I'm going to slide right in. And I'm going to be the guy, and then they're going to say Peyton Manning and Reggie Wayne. I feel like I don't know because those those opinions are hard to undo. They get set in stone to some degree for a lot of people, but. I think people that were paying attention, and I'm going to pat myself on the back for this, there was a point that exactly what you're describing happened for me. Like, hey, I don't know if you noticed, but Reggie Wayne is now uh, the, is now the preferred target for Peyton. Yeah. You know? and, and, and that's the guy and, who's making more, more plays at this and, point. And that's what it is. That's how it is. And then at the same time, you look at it in that process of me being uh, the other receiver. I mean, there were times where I took stuff I, – I, I, I wanted to be the guy to at that you know at that moment. If you look at playoffs, that's it. You, I mean, Reggie Wayne. I say you this know. to you because you're sitting in the room with me, but not only because of that, because I believe it. You are a Hall of Famer because of what you did in January. Oh yeah, and that's and to me that's what mattered. Second best but statistical receiver in history. Yeah, in the playoffs, that's what mattered to me. That's mm. that's what that's that's big games. That's what you call pressure. You know, that's that's what I wanted. Third downs, playoff games. That's when I say, hey, this is when Reggie Wayne's name is going to matter. Not when week three, week four, you know, those crucial games, those games that count. And believe it or not, the games that don't count towards your stats, but that's the ones that That count. is a weird irony yeah, that, that that's, that's the case. That's what counts. They, you should uh, do like a motivational speaking tour for young receivers and just tell them like, hey, look at me. Oh, I'm in the ring of honor now, and uh, a lot of people I, consider I, I me totally the number two. It. I totally get it. And, and when Martavius Bryant, when he had that whole couple of weeks where he was vocal or whatnot, I was saying to myself, man, just relax. Mm-hmm. Just chill. And then he did get his cracks uh, in that divisional round. Exactly. Who knows what would have happened if they would have survived that Jags game. Meantime, you say you like making plays in the clutch. Let's do our most memorable plays. Then we'll get to the draft. Most memorable plays of 87, Reggie Wayne's career. Let's start with the Super Bowl. Okay. Your Super Bowl touchdown. And Peyton, walk us through that play. It starts with, you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, the Patriots – to some degree, in the same way the Patriots have owned the Steelers in the 21st century, in the same way that was more – that was yeah. – they were your obstacle. You they, guys kept getting were, them in title games and kept losing to they, them. They were our, they were our kryptonite. They, we, we just couldn't find a way to beat these guys. And it wasn't – and, and, and they were a good team. They, they were good. You know, but it was some kind of way every time we played them, we played our worst football. Because why? I don't know whether it was weather and we was in Foxborough, you know, or, or what. I don't know. It just we played our worst game and we get behind, and I just think we 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 panic. I think we panic. I think we try to uh, play to them and not let them play to us. You know what I mean? And then when you get when you get behind on on the Patriots, there's not very many teams that's going. And I'll tell you, I, this has always been my hypothesis, and very few professional athletes have uh, can be egoless enough to say what you just said. That because I, I say to a lot of guys, you don't look across the sideline and think, "Whoa, that's Bill Belichick with all his Lombardies," and that's Tom Brady, and that doesn't get in your head. People say, "No, no, no, that doesn't that doesn't register." It must. You're a human Man, being for, after for, all. For one, you got to look at it. You know, it was always, you know the Manning Brady Bowl, mm. no matter if it was a playoff game or it was a you know, a regular season game. And so you know those two guys, they're gonna they're gonna go try to go at it. 
it may be a soft defense and you're supposed to run the ball, but those guys are going to throw it. Does know? anybody ever say – I mean, you don't have to name names, but does anybody in the midst of the Patriots getting over on you guys in big games, does anybody in that locker room ever raise a finger and say, hey, 18, you're getting outplayed by 12 in the big ones? No. Nobody ever does that? No. Nobody ever does that? No. Does he ever say, hey, defense, why don't you do something? Because I've heard him throw uh, the offensive line. I've heard him bring that offensive yeah, line up he, a couple he times. He threw him under the bus, and, and, and I mean, but that, you know how it is after games or whatnot. You, yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> don't talk you know, it. Don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't say don't, anything. Don't say nothing, man, because there's a lot of stuff you can say. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, when you look at the film, you're like, oh, you know what? They ain't play that bad, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it just – it, it just happens after games. Okay, so you are you finally get by the Patriots in, by. In, in one of the least probable rallies ever because you guys were, we were I, down twenty one three when when he throws that pick six when Peyton throws that oh, pick yeah. six at the end of the first half yeah. I thought this is getting I'm starting to feel I have no rooting I'm, interest for the Colts but I'm starting to feel sad for them but it, and, and you know what we were saying hmm. here we go again is that right so yeah. what turned it around we went in halftime and Coach Dungey. Sit up there and said, this is funny. He's clapping his hands. And he says, that's all right, guys. We got him right where we want him. What? We're out 21-3. You know, he said, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get the ball first in the second half, and we're going to score. We're going to stop him on defense. And this shakes you it, up because this is not his normal demeanor? It, it just – I mean, because we've we seen this happen so many times. It was like a rerun of all the other years. You know I can't I mean? imagine that wouldn't be in your head. You yeah. You feel like, well so – we, We're like – we're walking into halftime at home. We're like, damn, here we go again, man. Like these dudes done found a way to come in here. Because normally – Yeah, right. You know, between us in New England during those years, it was all who got home field advantage. Mm-hmm. We finally got him at home, and, and we lay in an egg. You know, but Coach Dungy, he finds a way to, in in the weirdest ways, it ain't yelling, and it, it ain't, it, he just comes in, he says, he, we got him right where we want him. This is our time. We got him, and it's, like, it's almost like he knew what was going to happen. Funny. Everything that he said happened in the second half. We went out there and scored. We stopped him on defense. We got the ball back. We scored again. And all of a sudden, you know, once you get that 21, Saturday 21, touchdown, 17. the center recovering the ball oh, ends up, you're like, that, oh, well. And that's when you say, you know what? I guess it is our day. It's our, it's our time. <laughs> I guess Dungey knows. <laughs> so you survive that one, and you must feel like, well, now the Lombardi is ours. We just have to show up in Miami and take care of business. But then Devin Hester, your pal from the U, yeah. decides, I'm going to take it to the house. Now we got a game all of a sudden early on in the game. So now you guys huddle up. And what does Peyton say on on uh, probably – I would say that's the defining play of that Super Bowl. But In my head, I just see you running by yourself, no yep. one within 20 yards of you in the rain. Well, it was, as you mentioned the rain, it was pouring down raining. I mean, it wasn't just drizzle. I mean, it was it was raining hard uh, to the point where it was almost hard to, to, to see the ball in the air. Hmm. But we're in the huddle, and uh, which we hardly huddle, you know, but we're in the huddle. And we call a double move. We call it in and up, 16-yard in route and up. We wanted to get Daniel Manning to bite on the in route. And um, I'm looking. I'm like, man, he's calling this for me. Okay. You know, in Miami, I went to University of Miami. Okay, this is perfect. But I'm like, I don't know if I really want this. Cause I is, can imagine it's that. Pouring yes. down, raining. And then at the same time, a lot of times when they call those double moves like that, it hardly – right when you want – you know, you practice them in practice all the time and you tell the scout team guy, bite on the in route so we can, we can make this play work. It's backyard yeah. football. Yeah, like yeah. that is one of the most basic plays that yeah. when you're nine years old you go, stop, yeah, and, and, try, and oh, but then keep going. Go. Like, you know, yeah, that's exactly. what you do. Exactly. So, Except that when you're doing it in the backyard, the quarterback over usually oversells it by yelling oh, your yeah. name. Yeah. Reggie, look! And then like, that's, <laughs> no, that's, no, that's – It's not going to trick anybody, all right? <laughs> But we, we run it, and I'm thinking, like, he's not going to fall for it, so he's going to maybe throw a check down, or, you know, Dominique Rose or Joseph Adai. But Danny Manning, Daniel Manning, actually, he, he bit on it before I even read it. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And I don't even finish my, my end cut because it was so wide open. I just turn up, and I'm running, running, and I see Peyton. I can actually see him shug off a guy which ended up being, I think, Tank Johnson, and he throws it. 
And I knew that in the middle of that, I'm like, I think they busted a coverage because uh, Peanut Tillman, he didn't run with me. So he's playing cover two. And I think Daniel Manning was kind of playing, you know, cover three or something, you know, cover four where he bit down. And I'm like, oh, Lord, here's this ball in the air. <laughs> I can't imagine how – It was – Dave, it was the hardest catch of my career. I mean, the ball must have been up – first of all, is it a good ball? Oh, it's Peyton Manning. It's never a good ball. <laughs> I thought that sentence it, ended differently listen, than how it did. It, no, it's never a good ball. But it's going to be accurate, mm-hmm. and it's going to be catchable. It's going to be a duck, but it's going to be catchable. But it was up there forever in slow motion. And I, I, I didn't. I kind of lost where everybody was at. I didn't know how close Daniel Manning was. I didn't know if Peanut Tillman uh, caught up to me. I was just trying not to drop this ball. I don't care if I got tackled. I don't care if I fell on and couldn't get up. I just wanted to catch this ball. I didn't know where to catch it with my hands, my chest, or whatever. If you look at it, I actually caught the ball down. I was just going to say you basket caught yeah, it, I caught right? It on my hip because I didn't. It was coming in wobbly, mm-hmm. right? It was coming in wobbly. and the it, rain in and your eyes and whatever. And all that stuff. And I, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to focus. I And it, I didn't know how to, to gauge, and I just caught it on my hip. I tried to bring everything I could into it, you know. <laughs> and when I caught it, I just took around. I turned around, and I just ran as fast as I could. And when you, when I look at it to, to this day, there's nobody around me. There, it. I can only imagine. Yes, that's how you want it to be theoretically. But when it's there, oh. and you, it's like being on the free throw line and you, them you, taking everybody else off the line. You so you rather you rather a guy all on you. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to catch, right? I buy that. You, you know what? It's crazy when you think about last year, uh, 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 the, the Super Bowl when Tom Brady dropped that that pass. He probably would have caught it if somebody was in trail mode, like around him. But by him being by himself, it's just you and that ball. You get you get alligator arms. You get you don't know what to do. You try to you can't bring your chest to. It. I mean it's it's hard. I can't imagine that moment of my entire. I, I I suspect without uh, overstating it that your entire career comes down to this. Even as you're oh. like in Miami, I don't. Uh, this is it. Oh, don't catch this one, or this is my entire uh, career will be marked by me dropping a ball exactly. in Miami in and the then, Super Bowl. And then it's the Super Bowl. Everybody's yeah, right. watching. You got hundreds of countries watching i mean it's <laughs> everybody's locked in on you and at football right and i'm just like man don't don't be that guy uh-huh. whatever you do don't be that guy <laughs> you say you can catch right catch it that would be the one the now point. we talked the preceding year in the divisional round a guy whose career would have been haunted forever if Nick Harper would have housed the ball, <laughs> the bust Jerome Bettis fumbles it at the one Man. with the game in hand for the Steelers. Gigantic upset, the upset of maybe the entire decade, the first yes. decade of uh, the 21st century, the heavily favored Colts at home, get stunned by the Steelers. You guys get close. Then the worst call in history happens. Troy Palomalu intercepts the ball, and they overturn it on uh, the field. Well, no, you know that was a terrible I, call. I don't even remember it. You don't remember it. I don't believe that. Don't jive. You see the sign, no jive. You believe that. <laughs> you know that you be- – I know you remember that. I mean, if, I mean, there was a lot of calls. There was a terrible that. call, and I will not stand for you sitting here and telling me this. There was a lot of stuff that happened okay. in that game, Dave. Let's let it all go. Let's have fine. Joey Porter takes it to 18, 18 after the game. Says, hey, <laughs> our old line let us down. But either way, Jerome Bettis fumbles. Nick Harper scoops it up. Where are you for that moment? I'm on the bench, and I'm – I'm a spectator at that time. You think the game is over at that I point? I don't think it's over. Oh, no. I, I think he scores. You, I, so you see Nick Harper and you're like, oh, we're going to go. Yeah, I'm like, you know, once again, I'm like, you know, this is our time. You know, this, we, we, how do we, we're winning. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to win. And then all of a sudden, I'm, and it's, it's Big Ben and Nick Harper. Nick Harper, somehow he makes a weird cut. And, why, why did he, I don't know why he even went that way. It's weird. I, he read seven. It's like that guy's not going to stop you. You understand? No. If you just keep a straight line, nobody's getting you. But but, but you know, Nick's my guy. Okay, uh, he's one of my guys. But it, it just shows you when it's a guy that's not used to running the ball. You don't 
you don't think like you just he overthought it. Yeah, if he would have just kept the straight line, there's no catching him. But so okay, then the Colts have the ball, eighteen. All of a sudden, there's a minute left on the clock. You're down just three. Yeah, now it's a matter of oh, you're gonna oh, and and, and we still think we're gonna win this. game. I'm thinking well, now we got to go to overtime if the Steelers are lucky. Yeah, because a minute left, they're gonna That's score. They've, yeah. they've been you had just caught a touchdown pass yeah. right yep. uh, uh, earlier in the fourth quarter, and then it comes to is it third down or second down? I think it was third. Third down, describe that play that really very well could have changed history. Could have changed history, and, and, and it could have made me a legend. Think about that. If you catch that ball, yeah. go ahead, describe the play. Well, well I, 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 run a, I run a corner route. Uh, I'm not the first read on this, but I run a corner route um, against McFadden. And, rookie Bryant McFadden. Yep, rookie. And um, – Peyton throws it up there towards the corner, and it's tight coverage. Mm-hmm. It's tight coverage. He actually had me covered pretty well, and he's inside. And I'm running the corner route, and he's kind of got me pent up to the back of the end zone. But the ball was perfectly thrown. It was a like it was a perfect, yeah, ball. perfect ball. And I, by him having inside leverage on me, I can't bring both hands to it. I only have my right hand, which is on the outside, up to the ball, and the ball is in the way I want it. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 point of the ball is in the middle of the palm of my hand, and I've got it locked. And McFadden on the last second knocks hits my my wrist and knocks that ball out of my hand. I I mean when that ball, I thought I can't believe the Steelers are gonna lose this game when that ball hit your palm. Yeah. I thought that's it. He got uh, yeah, touched. I, I I almost brung it in with one hand, and how sweet Dave would that have been? Not at all. Not at all. Believe it or not, it's sad. It would after, have been unjust. After that play, I I put into my into my workout program where I dug into a big bucket of of rice to strengthen really to strengthen my fingers. Well, so you're a Ring of Honor guy now. <laughs> what did what was your reaction when Vander Jack missed that one? Oh, man. anger. It wasn't it wasn't anger. It was just I, you 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 would much rather him miss a little closer. You know, it it was way. What a choke job from a guy who is so mouthy. You know, such uh, you know, if you're gonna you're gonna shoot your mouth off like that, you can't choke on that to yeah. uh, that level of magnitude. It, it was tough. It was tough. And I, I get it. You you're gonna make some. You're gonna miss some. I I didn't mind him missing if it was closer, but that's just that's just like if Peyton throws me a pass, and I don't even stick my arms up to catch it. You know, what I mean, it's it was so far off to where it. it it just it just leaves a bad. So thing. no. So was it pretty clear? Well, obviously that's the last thing Vanderjad ever does for this team. Or, or, or but, but people, he, at the time, angry. at the time he was the most accurate. Kid. I know he was, but that yeah. was such that's a colossal made, choke yeah, that he did that, and he had had his back and forth with eighteen, which yeah. isn't a good thing to do. Right. <laughs> the kicker is to get into a thing with Peyton Manning. Yeah, it, it was it was tough, but that's what it, as they said that was karma. And it, and it cost everybody. Yeah, karma. I don't know for what, but uh, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it immensely. All right, let's do it now. Last thing, let's do Reggie Wayne's. It is one, two, three, four, five. The Wayne Five, Reggie Wayne's draft day experience back in 2001. He is a star for the Miami Hurricanes. There's another guy who's a high-end pass catcher there, though. His name is? Santana Moss. Now, at the time, are you and Santana Moss in practice on Saturdays and otherwise? Or do you guys have an ongoing debate? No, I'm better than you. No, no, no. No, no. I mean, we obviously we we want to do outdo each other on game days, you know. Um, but we're we're your pally. Yeah, we we super close even to this day. And you say, I wish you well. If you go in front of but, me, when, so be it, Santana. Oh yeah. Oh, You're yeah. cool with that. If I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. But you know. I mean, I'm a competitor. I'm, uh, get Santana I, on the phone. I'm, I I'm see pride. It's, it's pride. I mean, I want to go higher than everybody. But okay. but I knew what he was capable of doing. I knew if he went before me, I mean, he was at his senior year. He was a he was a Heisman guy. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He what was did a, you? Well, the guy who got it that year, Mike Vick of Virginia yeah. Tech, is dynamite. Did you feel like because there was a lot of talk going into that uh, into Mike Vick's entry to the league? Oh, this guy's not going to make it. He can't hack it in the league. Did you feel like he's destined to be a superstar? Absolutely. You did know that. So he, he goes to he, the foul. He, 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 was in our, he was in our conference. We I played against him three years in a row. That's right. You know, like we only beat him once. Boy, Vic, almost, I mean, at halftime in the Sugar Bowl against your arch nemesis, Knowles, I remember feeling yeah. like, is this guy by himself just yes. going to beat 
to Florida State? Is he just going to do one hand? And that's how he beat us every time. That's right. It was never, you know, it wasn't the other guys. I mean, the other guys were good, you know, but when in crucial times, he would just take off and run. Why can't some guys like him, who are these high-end, even by professional athlete standards, Mike Vick is a special athlete, even in your ranks, why can't he and RG3 do what Colin Kaepernick and Russell Wilson do so well, which specifically, and it's really what Baker Mayfield's going to have to figure out. Yeah. It, 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 there's no, it's unknowable until he gets against the best athletes, the fastest and biggest athletes, which is have a spatial sense of, I got to get down before this guy whacks me. Because Mike Vick, that's what, to me, I mean, obviously there's the off-the-field thing, but I'm talking about from a, a, a playing standpoint, he could have been a Hall of Famer in terms of football deeds if he would have figured that out, and he just never got that. He would get lit up way too much. Well, to those guys, those guys never – I think they're so competitive that they feel like they're going to break – So they hold on to a score first, yeah. every time they take off. You know, they, they don't – like – for me, I learned from Marvin Harrison watching, you know, like, okay, one against one, I'm going to win this battle. Mm-hmm. One against two, I'm going to give somebody a move and I'm going to try to split you, right? One against three, okay, I give up. I'm going to live a fight another day. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to get this first down, you got me. Mm-hmm. You know, to these guys, I think it's more like one against three, I'm going to pick one guy out, I'm going to spin out of the other one, and then I'm going to get the other guy, you know – that's interesting. Yeah, they they just they they never were you know they don't think about you know living another day. They just living right then at that moment. They feel like they're going to score that time. Interesting. Yeah, that's that, you're probably right. That that's yeah. what it comes down to is a split second. I can beat him up yeah, now. Yeah, by then yeah. you the, now you it's just got blown up. Right. <laughs> uh, then the cards go: Leonard Davis, Jared Warren, Justin Smith turns out to be a good one yes. uh, in uh, in the Forty ers after he leaves the Bengals. A guy named Ladanian Tomlinson is the first Hall of Famer we see here. Goes to the Chargers. Seymour, all right, we're going, we're going. Now eight shows up. The Chicago Bears, they need a wide receiver. Any calls from them? Um, Nope. No calls from the Bears at all. Um, I had had an interview with them, but no calls uh, with them on draft day. Are you mad? When they draft the re- – do you know who the receivers are that uh, these teams take? Who'd the Bears take? They went on down to Michigan. They got David Terrell. They did do that, yeah. Yes. He was uh, – he had a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of hype coming out. Around that time, that's when a lot of teams were starting to get into the big receivers. I was just going to say, when I when, it, when I think of David Terrell, I think of his uh, his bubble butt and yeah, uh, just, good hands. I don't know about the bubble butt, Dave, but I just know he was a big receiver. <laughs> well, I do know about it. <laughs> Yeah, but they they went down there and they grabbed him. He had a lot of hype. Number one from Michigan. Did you he know? Had, like he actually, he actually was my uh, for a quick second. He was my my roommate at the combine. No way. Do you know deep down in your heart, I'm better than this guy? I think I'm better than all of them. Dude. So that's a, so that's an easy question. Yep. Next, the Seattle Seahawks uh, yeah. are in a position they need a receiver. As it turns out, who did they take? Man, they went on down to uh, NC State and they get a guy who comes out of school early. Mm-hmm. Warren Robinson. Wow, look at this. You're two for two. Very yeah, impressive. He, he's, he was a burner. Mm-hmm. He was an athletic guy who can run. He can return. He can do a lot of things. And he, he, he was a big guy. He wasn't small. So I, I I saw that. I'm like, okay, they, they went they went young. They went and got a, Did a, you a think, early guy. But when you go in, what are, is there family over at the house or where are you? From? Oh, I had a, I had a little, little get-together. I had get family, together. more of a party kind of deal. Any promises, any assumptions like, hey, family, I think I might go in the top ten or I told them I told them that I had no idea where I was going. What kind of food did you have? Oh, we we was in New Orleans, so we had we had crawfish. Ooh. We had we had the whole, you know, uh shrimp, crabs, you know, it, we had at a place called Acme. Oh, I know Acme. Yeah. I've had the grilled oysters oh, there. Yeah. Those are some of the best people. The New oh, yeah. Orleans people are are among the best uh, people in America. Right? Appreciate it, man. We we um we try to give you a little southern hospitality. It's not just hospitality. There's something that I'm a cynical uh, person, like most people are, I guess, at this point. But there's some. I went down there a week or two after the Saints won the Super Bowl, and it was a rainy day at the start of Mardi Gras. But you know, we were into some fairly impoverished areas where some of the parade routes go through, right. and the people just unironically, and it wasn't because the Saints won the Super Bowl. They were happy about I that. Just, that that yeah. was. 
there was just something about it. The people in the residential areas coming out and dancing in the streets, and it wasn't about like putting on a show for no. anybody. It's just that was it, it, that it, was it, them. Listen, that that happens. It's the best. It, it happens every day. It, it doesn't have to be a, a special time of the year. It happens every day. Those people enjoy life. Something uh, something about that mindset that needs yeah. to be imparted to society in general because it's yeah. really uh, striking yeah, to absolutely right to see. And then again, the grilled oysters make you happy too. <laughs> the only thing is with New Orleans is they don't even try to give you a healthy option on the uh, oh, no. at the restaurant they're not gonna they don't even bother with like ah oh, we we can get you a, a grilled piece of cod if you'd like uh, well, they won't do that i'll tell you. you what a lot of my uh high school you know uh classmates i can tell you this they don't look the same dave <laughs> i always say people say oh if i were here i would uh, gain legitimately if i lived in new orleans for six months i would weigh 82 pounds because <laughs> right there's not even a choice though oh uh, no them grilled oysters, though, can't be denied. So, okay, so then we keep going. Some uh, more guys. Dan Morgan goes to the Panthers. He's all right. He's a Miami guy. Oh, that's right. So, wow, how about that? So, there's your you guy. Then Marcus Stroud goes. He's a good player. Goes yes. to the Jags. Kenyatta Walker out of yes. Florida. Some some names with yep. uh, you, that you're familiar with. Then uh, D.C. Yep. has its choice. Where do they go at 15? Do you think this is where Reggie Wayne plays his uh, pro ball? Uh, well, you know, I feel like I can fall at, at this point in time anywhere, you know, um, and I knew that Washington needed a receiver. But there's a part of me that says I'm not going to Washington. You know why? Because I took a trip to Washington, and I was there for a good five, six hours in the building, in the facility, and I talked to no one. What, do you, what does that mean? I, I have no idea. You sat in a chair? I, I'm still waiting. You know what? I sat in a chair for hours, and they had a basketball court. They was like, hey, you want to shoot some basketball? Yeah, I'm just I'm just here. Better than sitting down. Yeah, right. so I, I sat for about three hours and shot basketball. Who's the football. coach at this point? Oh, who was the coach? That's bad hospitality. I'm going to give them – I'm putting a bad mark next yeah, to them for it, bad yeah. hospitality. I, I, so I knew – I knew I'm like – I know they need a receiver, but they're not going to draft me. And they end up. They didn't need a receiver. They needed a. They needed a gardener. A, 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 they needed a gardener, and they got one. And they, yeah, by the first name of Rod. That's correct. Out of Clemson. Clemson. Yeah. Very uh, nice. Another big guy. Marty Schottenheimer was the coach. Oh. Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah. Oh, Marty. Way to go, Come Marty. Come on, man. You're better than that. <laughs> Next up, the Jets go at 16, and now they want a receiver. They want a receiver. I knew they needed one, and. They picked an interesting guy, a guy who was uh, explosive, who can be a returner. He was a he was a track guy. He actually had a forty one inch vert uh, for his pro day. He uh, he was a, a a triple jump champion for two or three years in the state of Florida. Uh, they went and got Santana Moss, my college teammate, and I was okay with that. Did he have the career you expected? I mean. He had over ten thousand yards. I'm not knocking him. I'm not. That's how, see, you're reading into that. I didn't evaluate his career. I said, did he have the career you expected him to? Yeah. So he had a good career. He had, he had a real good career. career. You had a better and, career. And, and and I mean, I had a steady quarterback. I had a steady offensive game plan. You know, mm-hmm. he he started off in Jets. Um, he had Vinny Testaverde. He had Chad Pennington. You know, I mean, he had a couple offensive coordinators. I mean, he can never keep it you know simple and then he goes to washington yeah, yeah i was just gonna say so he replaces rod gardner yeah, he who plays, at yeah. that point is gone <laughs> it's gone he goes there and he tears it up in 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 washington but once again he never had a quarterback where it was a steady quarterback it went from campbell to rg3 yeah. i mean he had nail yeah you know he did yeah. the thing with santana moss that marks him in my brain uh in fantasy football players always like, he would give you one three touchdown game every oh, yeah. year Every other be like, wait, he, he what? Just, Santana Moss did what today? He loved he loved playing against the, the Cowboys. Hmm. You know, he loved playing against Philly. I mean, you're right. It's going to be one time a year, and in this division, he's going to hit somebody up for three touchdowns. It really is true. Uh, so okay, then Steve Hutchison goes. He probably winds up in the hall. Casey Hampton maybe should wind up in the hall. We'll see how that one goes. Uh, Deuce McAllister, a worthy name there, goes to the Saints at 23. Were you sad about that one? Uh, I was because. Uh, uh, I actually thought I was going to go there, um, but they called me and uh, and they told me that they was not going to take me. They said they loved everything about me. That's a nice courtesy. Yeah, least. they had some courtesy. That's Southern hospitality. That's, that's New Orleans, right? But the reason why they told me the reason why they didn't they couldn't do it is because this is right at the time where 
Ricky Williams was there at running back, and he didn't know if he wanted to play football. Or not. I was just going to say they already had a back. Why yeah. did they need to take Deuce McAllister? Yeah. But that's exactly yeah. right. They, they you, you didn't know we, didn't one know week what, to the next exactly. with Ricky. So they had to go and get an insurance policy. And, and they How went, funny. When and got Deuce. So I almost was a New Orleans Saint. And that would have been the dream, right? You grew that up watching the, the Saints? Yes. I grew up watching the Saints. I, I listened to them on radio a lot because the games were blacked out. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I did all that. So you grew up. So you're growing up with Bobby Abair is uh, your QB. Bobby Abair, yeah. Dalton Hilliard. That was my running. Gary back. James. No, Gary James is the Bayou Tiger exactly. alongside of. Uh, and whatever you do, don't forget their number one receiver. A lot of people don't don't know, Eric Martin. Eric Martin. Dang, he, I remember he, him. He had, he ran with kind of like duck yeah, feet. Yeah, he, he was he was he. I would always say he can catch a BB in the dark. That, yeah, he had he an, uh, he had that, uh, yeah. but he had a a, a very distinct yes, running he, he, style. He wasn't fast, right? But I mean, you can you can talk to our own, and I've had conversations with him. You can talk to our own Deion Sanders, prime time. He'll tell you that was one bad dude. You're kidding me, really? Yeah, that's one of his favorite. Well, and then of course you had those uh, four great linebackers, oh, each yeah. of whom could be yep. in the Hall of Fame, exactly. and a couple of them are. Then you go Eagles. Now what? Are you thinking? Now I'm getting upset that I'm, I'm not drafting. I'm, I'm, I'm like okay. I'm getting upset, and it, but it's okay. I get the process, but I'm like, I might end up an eagle. I see myself going to Philly. I'm, I'm, I'm. This is, this is, this is it. That's good. I got, I, I got, McNabb I got, is I, got good. I got my old, my old uh, college roommate who is right next to me by the name of Ed Reed. Mm-hmm. He's right there. I tap him and kind of nudge him because I know everybody in the place kind of they watching, so I kind of nudge him like, hey, my phone is not ringing yet, but I think this might be the spot. And all of a sudden, they get up there, and they take a receiver. But it's not me. They went Fred X, UCLA, <laughs> Freddie Mitchell. Now, I'm, is... I'm balling now. I'm hot. And, and, and You Fred, weep. You actually weep? I, I'm, I'm sitting up here. I'm just like, you know what? I don't care where I go now. It's, I'm, somebody's going to pay. You know, at this point, I shall I, now I, I, take I, this out on all of you NFL yes, teams. Yes, I, I at that point in time, I was like, you know what, nothing else doesn't even matter, man. Like this is, this is not right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I would imagine this is forming a chip. Dolphins go. Do you think you might go there? Get to stay home. So here's the Dolphins. I'm glad you bring that up. Right. I'm like, okay. Miami's on the clock. My phone rings. Three o five area code. I don't know this number. It's the Miami Dolphins. Hey, we're going to pick you. Hmm. Who's this Ca- telling you this? I don't remember. Not the head coach. Not the head coach. Okay. It was just a guy just like making sure that my phone was working. We're going to call Are you. Are you doing that bit where you check the phone to make listen, sure the power listen, hasn't listen, turned off? Like, I'm, why isn't this ringing? I'm sitting up there, and I'm looking at the, you know, my frequency, and it's I'm high. <laughs> I'm up there. I got five bars, you know, so I'm like, okay, phone's right there, you know, waiting, waiting, waiting. Now they're on the clock. The clock's ticking. I had already told Reed, I'm like, hey, that was the Dolphins. They said they're going to call. And so I'm like, waiting, waiting. The clock's going down. Two minutes. One minute. I'm like, I think I think they're supposed to call. I'm like, I don't want to celebrate. You know, I think that's how it goes. They're going to call. Guy comes on the podium, and he says, the Dolphins pick has come in. I'm like, maybe they're going to call after. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They pick a defensive back from Wisconsin. Jamar Fletcher. I. What is the bit with calling you if they're not going to draft you? What do they think's going to happen? Isn't it crazy to think that these guys who have studied this for months, if not years, and they know what the team needs are and everything else, are they actually in the Dolphins' war room at that point? Like, I want Reggie Wayne. No, I want Jamar Fletcher. It's like know. we better get that pick in. Like, they don't know at this point. I don't know. At it's crazy. Time, at that time, I wanted to just cut the TV off and uh, just all of them. <laughs> everybody, let's everybody go. get out. Yeah, Take the Acme go. leftovers <laughs> yeah, with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Yeah, you must be sick at this yeah. point. Michael Bennett goes to the Vikings, the running back, mind you, not the, uh, not the defensive end. Exactly. Um, then uh, the Raiders pick. They go DB. The Rams go. They take Ryan uh, Pickett from yes. Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yes. Then finally a thirty. Are you thinking? Wait a second. The Indianapolis Colts are good. I'm saying to myself, I'm not even going to make this first round because during the combine and the senior bowl, I talked to every team except one. The one team I didn't talk to. 
Is that right? Indianapolis Colts. That's crazy. So I'm like, it's it's Colts, and then it's the Ravens, and I'm like, I know the Ravens. They don't need no receiver. Yeah, I'm like, about to have the the, the old the horse face, the, the long face. You know, going into the second round. Instead, you got the horseshoe. Yeah, got the horseshoe. They get three one seven comes up, but now mind you, three one seven comes up on my cell phone. I'm answering. Like I've been down this. Yeah, road exactly. Before. I've like, been hurt before. You know, at first when 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 the Dolphins called, I'm like, "Hello, hello, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah." Now you know the the Colts call me and it's Jim Moore. It's like, "Hey, is this Reggie?" Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you want? You know? So you know he was he was like, "We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna draft you. We're gonna pick you. We're excited to have you as a coach. Are you happy about that?" I said, "Coach, with all due respect." I've been down this road before. I'll be happy when he walks across that stage and gets to that microphone and says my name. He said, well, fine. We can stay on the phone until he does it. And went up there, and the 30th pick of the NFL draft, coach select Reggie Wayne. And that's when everybody went nuts. And, and Jim Moore's like, I told you. Yeah, yeah, he said, I told you. He said, man, we – we we're excited to have you in and and help us score some points. We we need we need the help. So I'm like, I'm like, coach, I, I appreciate this opportunity. I promise you, I won't let you down. I can't wait to get there. Right? He's like, okay, we're perfect. We're gonna we're gonna send a plane to come and get you. Wow. And I say, uh, wait, give me. A, can I come tomorrow, coach? <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of grilled oysters yeah, still at the. They're not gonna eat of, themselves. Yeah, we got a lot of people here, man. He, he heard the noise. He's like, "That's no problem." We, early in the morning, we'll come and we'll we'll come and grab you, and we'll spend a day together, and all that stuff. And that's what happened. And so all so all the prelude, all the upset, that all goes away as soon as you hear your. It all it all went away, but I knew on that on that flight, this is the only time I can say I was selfish in my life. I got on. A private plane. Jim Irsay sent this private plane down there to pick me up in New Orleans. And a lot of people always take their family with them on the plane. I was on the plane by myself. Hmm. I told I told everybody to just stay back. Give me – I needed this moment, right? And I'm on that plane. It's just me and the stewardess that was on the plane. And she – she I can't remember her name, but she was a big race car fan. And it was race car, you know, it was going on. And she was watching the TV and um, – I I just remember sitting there watching the rest of the draft, and I'm just saying, man, it's going to be 29 teams that's going to have to pay. Hmm. But it is. I, that whole two-hour, 15-minute flight, I, I got to make them pay. And so I, I made it my business. Made it my business, especially, especially the Eagles and especially the Dolphins. I just – I love it. It's the stuff of Michael Jordan and so many others. The yeah. best. They know how to find the chip yeah. and put it on their shoulder and Never keep it there. It. Never forgot it. Man, that's uh, that's uh, excellent stuff. So you get up there. How Peyton connects you with you pretty quickly. Yeah. Hey, well, welcome to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, uh, I mean, Jim Irsay did it the best. I mean, we, we flew in, flew in on the jet. I got off the jet, then I got on his helicopter. Hmm. And, and the helicopter from from the hangar to the, to the complex, which is, is only a 15, 20-minute drive, but we was in a helicopter, so I got an area view of the city and flew on in. He granted me, he, he, he you know, uh, walked up to me when we landed and and uh, congratulated me and shook my hand, and we walked on in, and it was all smiles. It was a bunch of cameras and all that stuff in there. We walked in the building, and as we walked in, it was it was like a it was like the prince had walked in, in, in the building. <laughs> you know what I mean? So everybody was there and congratulating me and shaking hands and pictures and uh, uh, just a lot of a lot of a lot of fun. It was it was it was it was something that I would never forget. Just walking through that building. Are you able to say to yourself? Because the thing I always, you know, I say I'm cynical. I everybody should try to remember. Yes, I understand. Football. Oh, you were so how much are we supposed to lionize these uh, these guys that play football for a living? I did you have that moment? You're a 21 year old ish guy at that point. Do you have that moment when you watch them answer that phone and their mom starts crying and the family's all happy? Do you feel like it's all going to be okay now? I'm going to be able to take care of these people that took care of me. Do you, yeah. Does it hit you? I'm going to be rich. I'm going to have. I'm. I'm not going to maybe have a hundred million dollars, but I'm. I'm now going to be able to take care of some people. I, I, I'm going to tell you the before I thought that. Man, I, I've been dreaming to be an NFL player since hmm. I was seven. 
I remember when I was seven years old, unfortunately the team wasn't the Colts, but I remember having a dream of playing in, in a Super Bowl in New Orleans, but I was playing as a Buffalo Bill, you know, surprisingly, you know. That's weird. But from that day on, I was like, man, I want to. I want to play football. I oh, wanna, yeah, you're I watching the Jim Kelly Super Bowls in that point when you're yes, a 10-year-old exactly. kid. Yeah. Yes. Wow, that's amazing stuff, man. That's a great story. I love hearing those. By the way, just real quick, Bill Polian, do you, what, did you hear what he said about Lamar Jackson's not tall enough? He's 6'3". Yes. Is he really 6'3"? Six, well, I don't know. I haven't I mean, been there to measure him, but they say he's 6'3". Yeah. He looks like to me in when he's got his helmet on like Vince Young. He's got that same, like, doesn't take advantage – of where he could high point release uh-huh. the ball. He tends to go from Shorter, his shoulder. Yeah. But he has so much of that that um, effortless running style that, that, that seems like it's hard to gauge to, if you're to, trying to tackle to, him. To me, when he's running the ball, he reminds me of Mike Vick. Huh. When he runs the ball, he's Mike Vick because, I mean, you're talking about effortless. I mean, he's just running past guys, and I mean, you're thinking about it. He's linebacker. Yeah, he doesn't look like he's no. He's not. Uh, he's not struggling. Right. He's not struggling. He's smooth, and he's run, and he can run. Mm-hmm. So I mean, one thing I one thing I can say. To me, one of the best is Bill Poley. I would never go against that dude. Hmm. So if he says he's I love that. That's interesting because he's getting a lot of heat right now yeah. for uh, for his Lamar Jackson stuff. Yeah. But obviously he knew what he was doing when he uh, got 87 finally into the yeah. building. On got me in the building. Team. Even though they needed defense, he went ahead and got off. I love it. Hey, Spaghetti, what did you think of Reggie Wayne? Should we have him back or no? Uh, that was my favorite show of the year so far. <laughs> Don't Pedro. What's this? No, I'm being serious. <laughs> we were supposed to have – it was supposed to be a 15, 20-minute segment. The stories kept going. I told Handsome Hank, like – you know, sorry, this is going long. Like, Did you really? Yeah. I thought we'd been going for like twenty minutes. How no. long we gone now? You actually, you actually believe that we went twenty minutes? I don't know. No, maybe thirty. This is an hour. <laughs> We've been talking for an hour. Go, Reggie. I'm gonna get in get trouble out of here, man. You got fancy TV shows to do. I'm gonna get yelled at by somebody. Hey, Dave. I don't know who you think you are, but you can't keep our uh, fancy network talent up in your uh, podcast studio. I appreciate you having me. Well, it was a good day. We had the awesome. Ring of Honor celebration here. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Reggie, muzzle tough to you on that. And uh, and uh, thanks for all the great stories, too. I right, appreciate Excellent. it. Excellent. So, he is welcome back. Well, you know what we got to do? <laughs> you know what we'll do next time? Because we love talking to Willie, too. Let's do a deep dive on that heat, on that Patriots-Colts heat. I love talking about that I stuff. I would love it. What, how you were thinking before the game, how oh, yeah. he was thinking before. Oh, yeah. That'd be a fun I, thing I to would love it. To do that in the offseason. All right, there he is, everybody. And I guess that's we'll wrap the show up here. It's up to you. If you I mean, yeah, if you want to wrap it here. Don't do me any favors, Spaghetti. Don't embarrass me in front I'm, of Reggie. I'm not cracking the up. It's your show. Your name's on the board. All right, I'm done then. If it's been an hour, we'll be done. We'll get <laughs> Handsome Hank and whoever else in here for a second pod later this week. And uh, I'll tell you my story. You ever see the show on CBS called Scorpion, Reggie? No. I just was on it. Really? Yeah. Well, I haven't been on yet, but I shot my part for it. Okay. Uh, I had lines. I need I need to check it out. You had lines? Pl- I had lines. I had plural. I had, I had like 10 or 12 lines. Right? Really? Yeah, it was very exciting. Oh, Scorpion. All right. Yeah, I didn't make a ring of honor or anything. That's all right. Play the song again now. Let Reggie go. He has to go. <laughs> we'll talk with you. Do we have anything else to plug here, uh, Spaghetti? We can save anything for next you week. You could see Reggie Wayne on Total Access on NFL Network. He's yes. on there all the time. He tells you about what he thinks about what's happening in the world of pro football. And you just heard his personal life experience Oh yeah. on the game of life. And now, see, how this is called hitting the uh, – not hitting the pole. Thin slice of heaven. There, it's done. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.